Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a beautiful Sydney Portier afternoon. It may as well be early to mid um, spring because it is just, um, it's a picture out there. We've got Rugby League today, which is a two and a four game, as we've talked at length previous weeks. Just so much ahead of you on a Sunday afternoon. Nothing, no two better time slots to sit back and ease into a Sunday afternoon than a two and a four. Again, apologies for missing last week. Technical difficulties, a studio refurb, but we are back. In our usual time slot, approaching the 2pm game, we're just almost there. As usual, coming at us live from Melbourne, Victoria, which I would say is pretty fucking bleak right now. You're not allowed to move within five kilometres of your house, and I think we're getting a stronger lockdown coming. As always, former Hong Kong board member controversially axed one test thunderino sent off or were you sin binned in that game no 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 didn't get any sin binning off um in fact the only time i've ever been oh maybe i did get sin binned in league the only time i remember being sin binned in contact sport was when i played rara like i don't know i was in, on some interseason trip and i sort of tagged along with a bunch of raras and they called me into playing for them and I got, uh, did I get sent off? I sinned initially for just like re- refusing to release the ball and getting up and playing it. Oh, I've heard that. And the ref just got fucking <laughs> fine there. And the ref just had nothing. So, so in the middle of a game of contact sport, you, you got up and started to play the ball between your legs. I, I have heard that, Jan. Yeah, but no, and a beautiful day down here as well. But, I mean... Fuck, it's... I mean, yeah, we're going into another lockdown, I guess. You're going to they, level, the next level up, which New Zealand... Yeah, yeah, but I don't think... Anyway, we'll see what comes out of it. But, like, fuck, for me, it doesn't even feel like a lockdown. I mean, I'm not I'm not young or anything like that, so... But, fuck, league's on. That's all I need. And mm. it's a beautiful day out there. I can go for a run. Just went down to Dan Murphy, still a bit of panic buying. It's fucking brilliant. Like, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. games make me... Yeah, we've we've got it's a lot different between what you're about to go into heavy lockdown. Obviously, there'll be no shops open, which is a real concern. But I, think, I mean, how often do I go to the shops? Well, you just went to Dan Murphy's, didn't you? Yeah, that'll be open. Fuck, there's yeah. no way to close that. You would hope so. Um, well, but we didn't have a league last time, and no, I, I was punting yeah. myself stupid on horse racing. I mean, we're talking, looking at what's happening on. Um, you know, Monday at some fucking place in WA I've never heard of. Like that's what lockdown can do to you when there's no sport. You you you'll find answers in German Bundesliga. Um, yep. you might even find answers in, in Korean esports. But but I've got, got I've, I've got league. I've got 
NBA now. That's all I really need. And plus, I've got um, uh, Super League coming back. So I mean, I'm pr- there's no I don't have enough bandwidth for any other sports to be honest. You oh, if there's a heavyweight boxing or a title fighter boxing, I'll get myself up for that. But other than that, at these days, I've got no bandwidth for other sports. So I, when I was younger, had more time on my hands, I could actually dabble in football and uh, golf and shit like that. But now I just can't. You got to run. focus. You got kids. You got two people eating up every spare second of your time. So I was walking around my pre, uh, pre-show, get down to the park, get the family down, just enjoy everything that Sydney Portia has to offer, coffee. And I was walking back um, on my way to the cafe, and there was a bloke on the side of the road with an Alfa Romeo jacket on, the hood popped, and cleaning his insides of his car. It was spitting on a rag and shining up his engine. Is it? Is there anything more stupid than cleaning the insides of a of a car? Oh fuck! I don't know. Like, I mean, how did you get? Like, oh, people yeah. love cars. To, I mean, you're obviously trying to get the dust in that off because oh, then they have a mechanical failure if you have too big a build up of dust or something. I was about but, to ask you if there's anything that you're as passionate about, but I mean, I, I know the answer, and it's staring at me right in, in my ears, and it's and it's the great game of rugby league. Um, but just, what do you mean? What do you mean? Passionate about like to spit you, shine about, engine? I don't really get people that are passionate about cars, to be honest. Nah, it's I mean, like, I just, A to B, A to B. But A me. to B, like I, to be honest, when you do drive a nice car and you can sort of feel the smoothness and all that, yes, it's good. But like, fuck, I, I got a fucking speeding fine the other day. Here, it's right here. I can pay it tomorrow. Two hundred. How much is it? Fucking hell. Two hundred seven dollars to go down. I was doing 111 Ks and 100 K zone. Alleged to be like, fucking hell, you can't even go for a drive these days. Like, fuck it. I'm going to stay at home, lock down, bike around when I need to, drive to the shops. Fuck them. They're going to find me for... I'm one of the safest drivers out there. Transport Victoria have basically just given you... They've taken you to the judiciary, haven't they? And they've given you a slap on the wrist. Not quite a yellow card yet, but... um... It's definitely making one, things well, one worse. Point, one demerit point, but the car's under my wife's name, so fuck, I'm not, we're not going to fuck around playing around with that stuff. Um, one thing though, after as I as I went on my about my morning business, I saw which was just the symmetry of the sighting, and whenever I see a a league person in um, a leaguey in person, I always text you and a couple of others confirmed sighting. And I took my boy and my girl and my wife who were heading in to get a coffee this morning and just this great, big, almost godlike figure in front of me taking up a whole table on his own. He had he had Drew Mitchell, a rah-rah um, player with him, and potentially Drew Mitchell's missus. Was it one of those real small cafe tables? Yep. He would yep. absolutely just... It's, it's like those school desks that are all in one, and then when the big guys like try and get up, the desks are stuck, and they basically start walking in the desks. You know what I mean? Those ones yeah. are kind of like the L shape. And yeah. to my just much to just felt perfect because we are an indigenous realm, one of the greatest, probably the greatest indigenous winger we have ever seen in our life, um, and one of the great men. To steal it from a, another podcast, he was a game changer, the way he played the game. Oh, I remember the first time I saw him play was in the 1993 semi-final. Canberra oh. 
v Brisbane. And at the time, I was a huge, huge Raiders fan, and I was just blown away by this 18, 19-year-old on the wing yeah. who took, who did two tries. And the front page of the paper the next day was two words, Hello, Sailor. Quote, mate. Fuck me. Big Dell, who sometimes when you see him on TV or, you know, in the paper and that, he looks thick, as in he looks maybe unhealthy, a little bit big. Sometimes when Shaq... Maybe he actually looks a little bit like the Michael Jordan in that doco. Mm, mm. Very, very accurate, like like that. But then I saw him, he looked... Fuck, he looked in good, Nick. And um, I was waiting inside and waiting to get coffees and little baby Chino, and my boy walked up. And he was sort of eating a marshmallow. It was all over his face. And Dell just gave him a look and a big smile. And then he said, G'day, mate, to me. I was just like, this guy is a fucking godlike figure, eh? Just, and he's just also, made to walk on the surf. And it is 123 months since you st- since you last sort of had personal contact with Dell, yeah, I would say. League trip at the opening of Amy Stadium. And I lost a bet with you to say the next because the Kiwis lost that game. I want to say fourteen six. Now it wasn't me. I don't think it was me that you because I don't think we sat together. You, I think you had a, no, a box or something. No, it was after the game. It was after the game. Yeah, okay. we, we we walking and we're on our way to a bar and we said rock off to see who goes up to this big bloke and say hey, it doesn't matter, mate. We're still world champions. And I lost and I went up to this guy and I was like, we're still world champions, mate. And he turned around and goes, oh. And I was like, big Dell. And he just reaches out, <laughs> gives me a big smoothie. And we talked about the game for the next 10 minutes. He had a cheese cutter on. I remember that. And a big black jacket. He was only too happy to yarn to a real pissed, um, obnoxious, probably semi-obnoxious bloke. Um, hey, we're talking, um, actually, again, that fucking stupid manager on the podcast. No, I don't, I don't mind it, actually. The manager on the podcast, they're talking about Gordy. Mm. And how I don't know if you saw it, but Paul Kent was talking about how Gordy obviously lives in Queensland, but comes down um, to Sydney a bit for Fox. Mm. And he's always and, I, and the yarn Paul reminded me uh, talked about sort of just resonated with me with other people. Mm. So he'd come down obviously to Sydney for work, and like they'd all be at the Fox Studios, and he's always like going, "Oh, Kenty, what are you up to tonight?" Like always trying to get him down to go out for a drink, but Kenty. Yeah. You know, it's always when you're in your home office. Um, it's always the guy that's like not there and wants to go out for dinner or something. But we've got to fucking go home and have dinner, put the kids to bed and stuff. But Kenty's always like, oh, no, I've got something else on. Gordy is, oh, okay, righto. But he always has to say it to him. But then Gordy goes, oh, I'll probably just... And then Kent goes, what are you going to do tonight, Gordy? He goes, oh, I'll probably just go down and have a few skinners at the Bondi RSL. Oh. <laughs> and he goes down there. He'll just sit by himself. Have you skinners, and then he'll just like everyone will come to him, just talk. Oh, Gordy, and he'll oh. just sit there having chats with them. And then he'll go home at like nine thirty, have like a counter meal. Just Gordy, I reckon Gordy's brilliant. I, I have, love I him. have actually really grown to because you see a softer side to Gordy, don't you? And I think he's it's easy to just to rag on him because he's a talking head, but I'm with you. I, I do enjoy Gordy because I reckon he is just one of those genuine blokes, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that could tell that story. And it, and it would be easy for him to be a Broncos cheerleader. Like, mm. that club gave him, like, most of his probably career earnings, would have looked after him. But he's called them out. And he called them out before the shit hit the fan here, actually. He was mm. calling them out a year or two ago. Longer. Longer, maybe. And and now he's actually, like, we're not trying to get one up and ship here, but he, and he's one guy that can feel a bit vindicated. Mm. Definitely. Um, 
It's indigenous round. It's one of our favorite rounds. And in NRL.com, we've got a bunch of ex-legends. Steve Renoff, Jamie Soward, Mal Meninga, and Laurie Daly have named the indigenous team. And then there is one that I think might be an amalgamation of them all. But I'm just going to run through the team quickly. Inglis at the back. Blacklock and the aforementioned Wendell Saylor on the wings. Trowell and Hodges in the centres. Laurie Daly, Jonathan Thurston. And this is just of the 2000s, so yeah, it explains a bit. Greg Bird, Gordon Tallis and Sam Thiday, Andrew Fafida and Carl Webb. And then the hooker, Nathan Peets, who's a fucking, he's an outlier, if, if ever we've seen one. Um, but that just doesn't mean that there's many Indigenous hookers. And the only one out of um, the guys who's actually had a little bit of, you know, playing around with his team is named... Um, Preston Campbell in the nines, Jamie Soward, but there is... So, what about John Doyle? John he wasn't that good. Doyle. Enough, but, I mean, but he was better than Pete's, I thought. Oh, sorry, got you. Um, I guess so. I mean, he played Origin. Yeah, but probably. Nathan Pete's did too. No, Nathan Beats is better than John Doyle. Yeah, John Doyle might have been a victim of... He just didn't, he didn't just he didn't a lot of, push on. A lot of people naming Tamana Tahu in the centres. Um over Hodges. Uh, I think Hodges had a better career. Tamana Tahu, more talented, but, you know, Hodges' body of work is, is, is sensational. Nice to see... So, John Doyle played three uh, state football games versus Nathan Peets would have been three as well, right? Or maybe two. Peets only played... He played three as well. Peets actually played really well in one of them. I think he made, like, 70-odd tackles. That's right. His first one. Um, Kenny Nagus made the team from Laurie Daly, the half of Vanu, Vanuatuian. Vanuatuian? Yeah. Vanuatu. Vanuation. Vanuation. Yeah. Um, if anyone can get the plural of Vanuatu, please please let us know. But, um, no, not the plural, the denominum. Denominum. Yeah. Good. Good knowledge. Um, I'm just going to give you, so obviously legends, we just mentioned a lot of legends. Who's a an indigenous player that just you really just loved, make a really fond memory of someone? And it doesn't have to be like a household name. Sorry, it doesn't have to be a superstar. But who who was the one that you just really think fondly back of and just loved the way he went around his business? No, it was probably a couple for me. Uh, I mean, three, I'd say. John Simon, mm. then there would be... Uh, uh, Ewan McGrady and Milton Thiday. <laughs> Milton Thiday. I just like well, he was just I liked him. He he had um. Who did he play for the Panthers? No, he played with, for Knights. And was he any relation to Sam? Uh, he was a. Uh, actually, I don't know. I might look that up. But I think he was an uh, Torres Strait Islander. Oh. I think the Thiday team is a is a Torres Strait Islander. Yeah, I just like the look of Milton. John John yeah, Simon made say debut as a seventeen-year-old for Illawarra. Did you did what? you see the Gordy? Um, how he did his soliloquy over the intro for the Indigenous round? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it about three, three or four times. It's fucking unbelievable, isn't it? It's pretty good, yeah. Jeez, Once you it, see it one, it made the hair on my arm stand up. I just loved it. Um, yeah, those are three good choices from you. I you like know? I liked how he the. Uh, what do you call them? The uh, the the Murray brothers or at the Dragons, how they all stuck together. 
Oh, like your Hardys, your Wolfords, your um, your Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hardy and Wolford. Who was the other one? Chalk. Who? Chalk. Oh, Chalk, of Chalk. course, and Blacklock. Um, yeah. For me, loved loved Chalk. Just, just he's just captivating watching him. Probably one who, just, I would have loved to seen him play longer in the game, like like most. Peachy for me, David Peachy, and just the yeah. way he moved. And I remember that um, 99 semi-final, Dragons Sharks, and there must have been some bad blood or some banter leading up to it because the Mundine and Blacklock just were sledging. They were scoring tries, doing somersaults, and they were sledging Peachy behind the posts. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck, just the attitude on them. And that St. George team were... were Something special because they had a great blend of just the veterans, the retiring veterans, your Mackays, your Coins, your Ainscos, etc. And then you upbeat youngsters, Blacklocks, Luke Patton, oh, Fitzgibbons. What a team, the 99 Dragons. On, on paper, they were phenomenal. Because they were one of the great teams of the last 30 years. Yeah, they were two, the two good first grade teams just combined. Well, that's um, like putting, it's probably like putting next year the Knights and Manly together. Yeah, really, really, really strong. Um, yeah, and Andrew Walker, who he's in a bit of an enigma, but um, there was just something about him. Didn't do a whole lot for the Dragons, but when he came to the Roosters, and then he ended up playing contact sport, he got better with age. Um, and he was just a pure footballer. There's a story that Gus told midweek on Twitter, and he did this thing where he put this midfield bomber in his own um maybe even in his own 30, it was a spiral bomb and it bounced, it swung left and kicked out and it might have got a 40-20. And Gus goes, if you ever do that again, like, did you do that on purpose? And then he reckons the next week went out and did exactly the same thing. And Gus goes, I've never seen a talent like it in my life. Um, Andrew Walker. So he was another special one. Um, Back on to a lot's gone down in the in the last two weeks. Just want to touch base on a few things. For feeder to the Titans, talk me through the impact that's going to have to the Titans and the overall swing do you think that's going to have with the Broncos and Queensland Rugby League in general? Uh, I think, well, I only picked up a, a bit about it, but it sounds like people are, more people are slagging the buy off than anything. Um, for me, I, I'm not overly for it or overly against the purchase and the money thrown around. I mean, the Titans, I think what people like Gus and others that are slagging off this, the, the buy by the Titans, they have to realise that they've got to get someone, right? And people will probably say, oh, they got Idris. They got... Because I remember, I remember when Jamal signed. He, mm. Jamal was supposed to be like the guy that would turn the... like, make it a great franchise. Um yeah, and I guess David Feeder could go the way of Jamal Idris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was Hayne too, obviously. But I think, honestly, you've got less uh, risk of David Feeder falling apart than those two, in my opinion. So I'm I'm pretty nonplussed about it. I think I think what you're right, what it does is it's a, I guess, a signal to the rugby league world that the Broncos aren't the great club of Queens that we thought they were. I think what it does is, no matter what, the Broncos are going to be well-supported, okay? They're going to have a huge supporting base. 
but what it does is that the Titans are very similar to a few other clubs that, you know, they'll get a baseline support, but if there's noise and if there's, um, if there's a bit of hype around them, they can actually get a really big crowd and following down there. And it's important. I think for feeder, you've got to spend money to make money. He's going to yep. bring people. He's going to bring those other guys. So they've also got SASA, Tino from um, the Storm. Yeah. I mean, they've still got huge holes. Sorry? Mo, uh, Mo Fotowaker. Oh, Fotowaker, who's a, an amazing, good. amazing prop. They've got an incredible forward pack. They're still glaring holes in the rest of their roster. So he's not going to turn them into world beaters overnight. Those guys won't win you... Um, you know, continued football games because it's it's the spine that they need to to invest heavily in. But he'll recruit players, so I reckon fantastic news for the Titans. Good on them. Like the Broncos have had all these this nursery underneath their nose for a long time, so they've too many players for them to keep. But fuck, they've signed some bad contracts, haven't they? They've, I, mean, oh, I, was, I was hearing Fledger, like, and this other guy. Who was it? Um, like they were talking about four five hundred grand contracts to guys that I'd barely even played the game. So they've spent money in a strange way, Broncos. Obviously, there's the, the Boyd and the Bird. Bird's an injury. Um, big money for Bird, but they're trying to get him off his books. I wouldn't be surprised if he is at the Dogs um, next year. But the next big signing, Sonny Bill. You've been on record lately as being a little bit disappointed that he's come back into the game. Oh, look, I'm a massive Sonny Bill Williams fan of what he does on the field. Uh, I just think that I'm just concerned about the moving mountains to get him into the into the game. And look, in a way, I'm backing your call about the way uh, Valandis runs his ship. I mean... Yeah, dictator. A dictator not following due process, which can... He's the Mugabe you know, of rugby league. What's that? He's a Mugabe of rugby league. Yeah, but here we go. This is working in your favour, so you're happy about it. But, I mean, I just think, I don't know. Like, as I said many times, there'll be... But Villani's will get move mountains, as you say. There's just going to be huge collateral damage. And sit back. If you're a Villani's fucking, you know, um, cheerleader, then you've got to take the good with the bad because there's going to be things that are going to be very, very fucking... Um, oh, controversial, just to, for want of a better term. The Sonny Bill thing, though, like, are you happy or you're not happy to see him back in our game? Um, not really that happy, to be honest. Fuck. Are you fucking for real? But I mean... It's, it's, it's Sonny. I just... Look, I was way more fired up when he came when he was 30 or 29 or whatever, like in 2012. I just... I, I think it's going to backfire on the Roosters, to be honest. I... If I was a bookmaker, they'd be going out further. Oh, I could not disagree with you more. Even if he plays two, three games, what he does in terms of... And this is... um, Who said this? It was... In the changing room and... Yeah. yeah. One of the Roosters players. It might have been... um, It was someone who played in 2013 with him. um, And said... There's not many left. Isaac Lou. It might have been Boyd Cordner who said, look, well, Jake Friend. I think it's Jake Friend. He goes, yeah. look, he's the kind of guy that you're sitting in a changing room, you're looking across at him, and you're seeing the way he prepares, you're seeing the way he, um, you know, meticulously every step um, that he takes at training, 
before the game, everything. He goes, it just rubs off on people. It just turns them in. There's an aura with him. So I don't think it's all about the um, actually football side of stuff. But what I do know about him, not knowing the guy personally, obviously, is mate, he knows when there's people challenging him. And he was still playing very high-level um, contact sport last year. People were going, oh, he's shit for Toronto. Who's going to go over to Toronto and really kill it on a million-dollar deal when you're 34, 35? This is the stakes. This is high stakes. This is legacy-altering stuff for Sonny Bill Williams. He's going to go out there, and he is going to be fucking awesome. There is no question in my mind that he doesn't go out there, and he's in a semifinal, and he comes on after 27 minutes, and he gets an offload that leads to a Joseph Manu try when the chips are down and the Roosters need something. He's going to turn it. And if anything, for me, this even confirms the Roosters' favoritism and puts them even more um, at the top of the tree. Well, this, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? Yeah, well, so you, what about um, if we, so who was the other person that was potentially, there was someone else out there at the moment, eh, that could potentially play? Obviously, oh, oh, Tim Lafay. No. <laughs> There's another uh, who's coming back. Yeah. Or, uh, um, what's this called? The center for the Sharks, who you don't oh, rate. No, uh, not Ricky Latelli. I thought there was like another one that someone proposed and like, oh, what was? No, it can't be Jared Hayne. Um, anyway, I, uh, yeah. So Sonny will be basically playing in two weeks' time. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. I guess he kept himself fit, right? Mm. you got to give him that. But that's his job. Hey, because it's two o'clock now, are we going to have to do our predictions before we finish the show? Dogs? Yeah, no. Dogs Send Eels. Dogs Eels. Uh, I'm saying para, but fuck, what a beautiful day at the Nation Stadium. Fuck, it's beautiful. The shadows are coming over. This is what Sunday League's about, Rio. What stadium is it? Um, Vanquish. It's playing Stadium Australia. How good. What? Yep. Are they? Just actually, I'm... As soon as you see a game at Sanders, we haven't seen one for a while, it just makes the game look heart like bigger. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it does that. yeah. So you're going eels. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go oh. I picked the dogs last week. Still there? Eels in a tight one. I want to pick the dog yeah. so badly. And they performed, and Nick Meany takes it from his own line and brings it back for dogs versus it. Remember when we were doing recording the show on Monday nights and we were watching Monday night footy in the background? Some people loved that, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Okay. This is a few years back. Um, Storm Knights, Central Coast Stadium. I'm so interested in this game. So interested in how AO Adam O'Brien gets his team up. Like, I know I'm going to say the Storm by eight. Storm by 24. Maybe more. Maybe 30. It's going to be a beautiful day up there, isn't it? Sunny, And it's a beautiful stadium, that Sunny Coast Stadium. Oh, I just can't wait to be on. Knights lose this game. Okay. They are on 13 points. There is a real fucking urgency about the rest of their season now when people are talking them up. 
And this is who they are. They are a 7th, 8th, ninth team. Yep. I'm yeah, sick agreed. of hearing that they're anything different. Um, gee whiz, though. Redmond Best is good. Fuck. He's a very, very good player. Absolutely. So the hottest teams in the comp, Storm and Panthers have won five straight. We'll get to the Panthers in a second. Eels, Raiders, and the Cronulla Sharks are four and one. And they've done it quite well. Like they have, again, when you talk about teams that aren't playing that well but winning, the Sharks are doing it. I just want to highlight, and, and I mean, we go on about this a lot. Um, and I've called him the most unfairly targeted player in the in the NRL era. But what Sean Johnson's doing this year, and this, it still defies belief. Like, and Nestor on Friday night was just fucking into him the whole game. He needs to stand up. He needs to stand up. He needs to stand up. Well, he did, and he won the game. That um, try, Katoa scored. That pass. That pass from Johnson. Phenomenal. It, 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 I bet you there's a lot of Warriors fans that used to give it to Johnson. I'm thinking Tom Wells being one of them. That yeah. used to give it to Johnson going, fuck, you know what? It was probably the rest of the team. Like, Johnson, the whole the whole inconsistent thing is, is Because that, so that, that Sharks team he was playing with was basically the Newtown Jets. It was. I mean, he had, he had like, his whole back line injured outside of him. He had an okay four-pack. Some good young players, but what Johnson's doing, and and the week before when the when the Sharks towed up the Warriors, he didn't get a daily end point where arguably he could have had three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we've confirmed the narratives on daily M. It's a fucking joke. All you needed to know is that that Ponga almost got the daily M over Sheck two years ago. It says all you need to know about daily M's. But Johnson is just playing unbelievable. And I threw out a comment after four or five beers to a mate the other day. And I'm like, put Johnson in the Roosters instead of Kerry and Kerry in the Sharks. And who's going to go better? Do you think Kerry's going to do better than what Johnson's doing in the Sharks right now? I know, I know how good Kerry is. But yeah. like, he gets sucked off on a weekly basis, right? And everyone says how good he is. Well, they didn't do that when he was with the Bunnies, did they? Has he taken his game to another level? Probably a little bit. But he's Probably. playing in the fucking Roosters. Yeah, and I mean, what I've been impressed with is Johnson's control. You can see his control there, right? Like, he's here at the moment with that connotation stuff. He was doing both. He was having to be the uh, or the or the the creator and the the game manager. Yeah. You know, so he, he's doing that really well. So, I mean, look, it's it's really good uh, for the for the white V. It's and, and look, Luke Kerry is a brilliant player. Yes, he's New South Wales, Australia based. I'm not d- disputing the, the way he's playing. I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm more having a go at the the uh, the banter, uh, the bagging that Johnson gets for from floating in and out of games. That for me, it stems from. Well, I just dropped the ball on a first tackle. Fucking hell! Why is he back in the NRL? <laughs> I don't know, but why? The pass round twelve. I mean, when you're rolling out Marcelo Montoya and Kieran Holland, Tim Lafai looks like, you know, it's 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 a rebound route, isn't it? It's when you've had a real bad misses for a long time, and then you jump straight into something straight away, and you think that this everything's great. No, it's not. It's just because what you had before was an absolute cunt. Like Lafai should not be playing. Terrible for the dogs. Um, His first batch of dogs usually was disgusting. Oh, back in the dog's jersey. 
Oh, beautiful ball. Big Junior gives it to the Mitchell Moses. 4-0. Fuck. Yuck. Let's not, let's <laughs> not, um, let's not get <laughs> sidetracked. Let's not get sidetracked. Um, yeah. Something I wanted to mention to you, actually on last week's before we couldn't do last week's show, was for me, the, the pressure now on young guys, because it's a young guys game and there's no under-20s, people getting these starts and expectations on young players are so, so high after two or three games. And if they don't crack it, they're almost getting turfed. Really good example for me is, who's he, who, you know, he's been around for a season and a half. Zach Lomax. Zach Lomax. Five yeah, yeah. years after I mean, a prolonged period in a consistently picked side, which goes back to McGregor. Fuck, coaches just drop people just because of the meter, don't they? Because they have the scenes in making changes. Whereas really the hard thing to do and the right thing to do is to stick strong with your team. Zach Lomax is just a great example to stick with young players that are talented. How good's he going? Yeah, he's going all right. But hang on, it was only three weeks ago, and some of the, our better listeners will remember this. You were having a go at uh, Block of calling him a freak. Yeah, but freak is reserved. Freak yeah. is reserved for people that do freakish things. I mean, but, uh, I mean, on that topic though, I think some of the players that have actually came in, I was actually really worried that players that would come in for injuries and stuff this year would be really rusty, underdone. Um, they have, they have, they've actually been okay. So, I don't know. Maybe the good coaches are having, like, games in midweek or something. I don't know. That's, well, they're, I, doing I, post, I think... they're doing a post-trainings, I think, now, training sessions where, you know, you might run up against a, a Newtown Jet site or something. I'll tell you one thing that you don't see much anymore is remember, and maybe when you were playing contact sport, they sort of just came on the scene. Those fucking suits that were all pads. Fuck, that was... You don't remember? Mm-hmm. Those uh, people would wear those. You'd put that suit on at training, mm. and it had pads everywhere, like a fucking uh, a crash ice suit. hockey, like a crash suit. Crash suit, yeah. You don't see them anymore because they used to wear them in the warm-ups, didn't they? And training, <laughs> opposed training. If you were like a dirty, dirty, if you went in the seven E. But have, have you worn one? It doesn't actually do I shit. Have. I think I have. It, it doesn't do because getting tackled and not and, and not feeling pain is to do with um. Uh, what's that thing that your brain releases? Adrenaline. It's got that like so when you put these suits on, your brain thought, "Oh, you're going to be okay," so it, it didn't release adrenaline. So you're you get tackled, it fucking hurt so much. You're fooling, yeah. You're tricking yourself, definitely. Yeah. Um. So, all right. This 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 a topic of the the show has certainly been the bottom half of the eight. You know, we've we've been discussing at length, and Panthers now are on top on twenty one. Storm can go to twenty, so can Eels, and then Roosters round out, which probably will be the top four. Many, many would suggest. Then the Raiders, Sharks, Knights, Rabbitohs, and Sea Eagles, and I'm kind of maybe slipping the Tigers. It's starting to really separate for me now. I think the Raiders are breaking away. And they've won ugly a couple of times lately, but I watched them last night and the return of John Bateman. And Corey Harawera Naira is back. They're getting Hornsborough back in a few weeks' time. Chance is out injured. I don't think they miss and are going to miss Josh Hodgson. I think that Tom Starling is going to do absolutely fine. For me, the Raiders. They didn't miss seeing K last night either. Jordan Rapana does the trick and the doggies. Oh. They're in. Who scored? 
Oh, they've given a, a penalty to the Eels. What? All right, was, stay uh, on task. Stay on task. So, okay, carry on. Um, Raiders for me, and I think it's going to be, this season's going to be interesting. It's about who peaks at the right time. Panthers are peaking. Roosters peaked four or five weeks ago. Now they're going to build and maybe they'll have a second peak. Eels have peak, peaked. Storm always have the same gear. You never have to worry about them. For me, the Raiders are winning ugly now. And I thought that's potentially what the Eagles could do too, but I think it's going to be too far for them to get back. For me, the Raiders, I think they can go all the way. They've got they've just Bateman and Harawira Naya now to come back and mixing in with this team. And if they can get Curtis Scott half decently going, I think this team can go one better than last year now. And it sounds crazy when you look at how good the Panthers have been, but that Raiders team have got a bunch of professional rugby league players. Did you watch any of that Cowboys game last night? It wasn't convincing. No, but look, they're blowing up about the turf. But yeah, look, I agree. Canberra can win it. Um, Panthers can win it. Roosters can win it. Storm can win it. So you've got your teams that can win it. It's just who's going to have the peaks, who's going to have the peak at the right time, who's going to be have a bit of luck with injuries and stuff. Um, and pe- all and those, people... Sorry, you go. All those teams can win it. You know, like, if I had to put... If I had to put money on a winner now, I'd say the Panthers. They are just... Everything they're doing is crisp and it's beautiful football, really. They've got there's not much of a weakness over the field. They are playing really well. They are amazing the Raiders, to watch. The Raiders, the Raiders could be there, no doubt. I, I still and and people will go, hey, you didn't mention the Eels. They're the form team of the cop. The Eels can't win it. You cannot win a grand final with Mitchell Moses as your six. Walk away. You can't. Oh, here they go. Um, they'll beat the yeah, they'll beat the dogs on a, on a good Sunday. No, no, no. Um, you got to focus, mate. We've got five minutes. No, to go. Sorry, okay. We shouldn't. We've got to do it earlier because I can't. I need to watch me leave. All right. So six nil to Parrot. Twelve minutes gone. Okay, six twelve. You sound like um David Morrow on the old uh, radio show. Um, a manly gone. Uh they can't win the comp. No, but they'll. Well, Devastating, mate, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's devastating. But look, yeah, They're look, just I know. Walker, and Parker now. As so well Walker, as... he, I was again watching with no commentary. When did he go off really early? He went off after like seven minutes or something. It's disappointing. Cade Cusp wasn't even there and see last night. Well, they played Lock and Croak on the bench. They, they, I think what they need to realise is they've got to play Cade Cusp at six, and Dylan Walkers can play in the centres, and that's just sorry for Brad Parker. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Um, well, can we go to the wing? I don't know. Does Tafua is actually like Tafua's all right, but he's playing shit at the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna just gonna go before we wrap it up. Okay, I'm gonna go to the the draw. Okay, and look at who Manly have got. Got the Warriors next week. You'd say they'd have to win that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the Tigers have just, that's a bad loss to the Warriors. Um, they should never have lost to the Warriors. Oh, and you wonder why Madge was blowing up. Warriors <sighs> played very well. Um, but Madge was actually blowing up at half. I think I told you. Madge was blowing up at half time, kicking chairs and stuff. They were up by six points. Yeah. But Madge, as a lead brain, he could see, even though they'd completed, oh. like, I think they completed 22 of 24, it was turning. It was, we we I, were all over them. They should have been up by more. 
All right, Eagles have then got the Knights up at McDonald Jones, and they're going to be down players for that. Not easy to go up there and win. Then they've got the Bunnies. So, again, tough game. You'd hope that they'd win that. Then they've got the Storm, round 16. And then they host the Tigers. Oh, no! Sorry, Rehurry. DWZ has just fucking done no. the hasn't, dumbest hasn't. thing you have. Fuck! They, oh, DWZ, you're killing me. He's played the ball the absolute opposite direction. DWZ is... He's gotten into that rocks and diamonds zone now where it's anything can happen. His career has fucking dropped. He's... Jeez, the, the Panthers... Jennings to score. Fucking hell, they're looking good, but they're playing the dogs. Fuck! So did they score off the back of that, did they? First tackle. All right. Mate, we're going we're gonna to leave it there so we can get in and watch the watch the footy. Um, Next week, same time, same place. Like, Listeners are going to actually enjoy me seeing the commentary to that fucking ridiculous play the ball by DWZ. So did they score, <laughs> did they score off the back of it? Yep, first tackle. Fuck. Ugh. Yep. Okay. And I'll tell you one thing, Gary, that why I'm so excited about getting off this call is wait till you turn your TV on. This is what rugby league is all about. Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., two great clubs. Well, I both hate them, but they are two Sydney Western clubs that are our games, bread and butter, on a sun-drenched stadium Australia day on a beautiful turf. Yeah, you don't... With you the don't... shadow... Halfway, not quite halfway. It's quite early in the day. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to remind me about how good Sydney Portier is, mate. So, um, last last question for you, Todd Payton. Yes, give him the give him yeah, the gig. He's doing well, but it's a Todd Payton uh, or okay, Paul I'll Green. Give him the gig to Paul Green. Yeah, Todd Payton or Paul Green. Todd Payton. Yeah, agree. All right, mate. Bloody good. Let's go and enjoy the game. You've got your league. league. If he leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. It takes away the biggest part of me.